Good morning, everyone. We are reaching actually our 30 uh, episode of the podcast, which is kind of unbelievable since uh, we actually started then looking to create four of them. So uh, it's beyond uh, any things that we would have imagined, which is a very simple but clear illustration of the Kaizen approach. Today, we are going to talk about communication tactics. So we had uh, two other uh, episodes of the podcast. One was on Instagram and one was on creating content. Uh, so after we create the content, we are now talking about the tactics. So basically talking about communication and marketing tips that can help to amplify or to share your message. So let's say now we have the message, we created it and it's how we want to share it and uh, the things that uh, can help us on this. So we are going to talk about some words and some terms so that uh, Ivo is going to clarify. But if I understand well, first we will talk about the four C's. And it's not the four seasons, but it's similar, you will see. And then after that, we will go uh, on the tactics, around six type of tactics that you can apply uh, for your communication. So first, what are the four C's and what mean C's? Four C's uh, of digital marketing, it's content, connections, community and conversations. So this actually comes from, if for anybody who has studied marketing, they will know about four P's, uh, like product, price, promotion, and place. Four C's is something that we are using today in modern marketing, especially in digital and social media marketing. It's about first content. You have to create content that is of high value for your uh, followers, uh, something that will motivate them and engage them. Then connections, because you need connections, because with connections you are actually creating relationships with uh, your followers and those relationships are always long term. Third one is community. You want to build your own community, what we call a virtual community, where you can provide help and support to your followers. And in the end, conversations, it's all about constantly talking to them, helping them and solving their problems. So to do all of this, first thing that we would recommend before going into all the tactics is do not start without having your own manifesto or your mission statement because if you do not know who you are and what's your message, it's going to be very hard to create content and attract people. So the manifesto, we have one episode of the podcast about it and just it's your main guiding principle, your core statement, your inspiration and the things that you stand for. I have a question regarding your four C's. You talk about community. And today, I have to be honest, it looks to me that it's more like a micro tribe where I have seen people that are interested around me, let's say about trail running. Some they are interested about uh, plant-based or plant-strong, so plant-based for active people. Then some, they are uh, in contact with me more regarding business coaching or executive coaching. So what you mean by community and how is it something where people are around one topic or what it means really? 
In most cases, the business you will have, if it's really unique and original, and this is what you're trying to be, it's going to be very niche. By having a niche business, you're actually attracting a small number of people. But again, we go to Seth Godin's uh, minimum viable audience, where if you have 10 people who will actually become a fan of you, and they will follow you, and they will share your message, it's easy to get even more people from those 10 people. And then you create a small community, and you have to know how many people do you actually need to sustain your business. People like you that are interested in things that you are interested in. So now let's dive in and talk about those tactics. So there are six tactics as I understood, and we will do questions around the two of them each time. So first, where do you start and what do you need to define before starting? So as I said just a minute ago, first thing, have your manifesto, have your mission statement. If you have this and you know what you represent, then first thing in for your project is going to be to define your main goal. Your main goal has to be what we call a smart goal. And we mentioned smart goals a couple of times in our podcast. They have to be specific. They have to be measurable. They have to be achievable. They have to be realistic in a way and they have to have a kind of a time they have to be time bound so again make sure that your main goal is very specific and it has a deadline now as we talked also in uh, kaizen uh, we do kind of small improvements it's much easier so it's very good to for that big one big goal for your whole project to have many mini goals or sub goals those sub-goals will give you a sense of progress. And if you use Kanban, uh, what we talked about in another podcast, then uh, you can actually easily visualize that progress and it uh, motivates people. Now, when you have all of those sub-goals also defined, make sure those sub-goals are also smart. They also have to be specific and measurable and achievable. And then what you do is you prioritize them because some things have to have high priority, some will have lower priority. So make sure that everybody in your team knows what is high priority and what is uh, low priority. And do this one at a time, because I love, we, we talked in a book about essentialism, that a priority should not be a plural. There is one thing that is a priority. If, if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. So make sure that everybody in your team knows what is the first thing that they have to do. Now we have another one. When you define your main goals and your sub goals, you want to define who your audience is for that specific project. I categorize this in uh, two ways. First thing you have to know about your audience is what are their interests, habits, and what is their mission? Is their mission the same as yours? And then what are their problems, their fears, and their threats? because he, you are here to help them and solve their problems. Yes, about this, I have a question. When you talk about audience, so we are talking about community and tribe, so I think it's related. So just to clarify, are you part of your audience first? And uh, what you mean by minimal viable audience? Because you mentioned this in another podcast. So here, same thing, when you define your audience, what kind of audience do, do you, you talk to everybody or to a very niche and very specific 
sub-segment of the population. You will always talk to a very niche audience because not a lot of people will be in the exact mindset as you are and you want to attract those people the most because if you are in communication with them, if you connect with them, then it's going to be much easier to actually move your business from one point to another point because even their ideas, because they will be similar to you, their ideas and their brainstorming can help your business grow much faster. But so you are in your audience. I am in your, my audience, exactly. So it, this is the easiest way actually to know who my audience is because if they like the same things as I like, then it makes sense that what I research, I share with them. Because if so I try to, to share... you to be a pure player. Definitely pure player. Definitely walk the talk. Uh, do everything that uh, I stand for and showcase this through my content. So how you do when you are uh, a Croatian man and your audience is mostly uh, Asian women? So if your Croatian men, your audience are Asian women, it doesn't matter that much the demographic. It doesn't matter what your gender is, what your age is. It, what matters is the mindset. So if those Asian women will have the same mindset as you have, then it will be easy to transfer the message. So now I'm discovering that you have the mindset of an Asian woman. <laughs> That's very interesting. <laughs> Maybe, yes. So if I follow the process step by step, now we have our goal, we have our sub-goals, and we even define our audience, which again includes us, so we are part of our audience actually. And now we live in a world where I think we are uh, billions of uh, habitants of this planet Earth. So how we deal with the people around us and how we manage to be remarkable or kind of unique. So what are the tactics to deal with what is around us and to find our voice in, let's say, a sea of sounds or noise? Mm -hmm. So what people like to say is that there are a lot of, there is a lot of competition and first thing I want to do is change that mindset. There is no competition. So yes, there are people who are doing similar work as you are doing, but that doesn't mean they are competition or you shouldn't think of them as a competition. So how to deal with this? Uh, turn the competition into partnerships, uh, turn it into just supporting them by realizing who your, let's say, quote unquote, competitors are. In this way, you will see how they communicate with your audience because their audience is probably going to be very similar to your audience uh, and you can see on what uh, content their audience is engaging. This can help you in the beginning to understand what your style will be and what your voice in the communication can actually be. Now why competitors are actually good for you? It's because you will see what they offer and if you offer similar things this will give you a creativity boost to actually find how you can be different. This is the, now the opportunity to see how can you be unique. What can you a little bit, do a little bit different than what they are doing? So when people are thinking where to go, 
they don't have to even compare. There's nothing to compare because you offer actually something completely different, but in the same industry, in the same kind of business. So make sure they have nothing to compare with. And this will actually motivate you to be creative. So it means that, let's say, I don't have competition or I don't fear my competition, as I understand. But now still, uh, I would think that I need a voice. I need something that people can differentiate me. So how I do this and how I, I can develop that? And is there like simple things that I can apply in order to find my voice? Yes, they are. Uh, so after you see how, let's say, your competitors are communicating, this can help you, inspire you, motivate you. But it has to be, again, authentic. What you can do for that project, you can decide if the tone of communication is going to be more personal. Do you want it to be professional because you're representing a big brand? Or you want it to be more humoristic or in some other way, maybe sarcastic, and open it to... a different kind of audience you mean you can be a french uh, sarcastic style it's okay of course if you show who you really are it's gonna look more authentic than trying to showcase every time that you are strictly professional and which gives a lot of coldness it doesn't show emotion and this is kind of a problem in marketing so i can start on my sentence by saying no <laughs> of course <laughs> yes uh, and then you will attract people who are allowed to say no or who want to learn how to say no, which is a really uh, great deal. So define your voice by deciding what is your communication going to be like, your voice, uh, what are the hashtags you're going to use, because the hashtags we talked before are the language of Instagram, and this is going to attract people who are into the same uh, interests. And I think one thing about hashtag that uh, to help uh, I'm sure that people are used to use Google uh, when you do search and in Google you use keywords in order to uh, direct your search. Hashtag are the keywords of Instagram as I understood. Exactly. It's completely the same thing uh, because it's something that in hashtag you can put your brand, you can put your mission statement, you can put something that you really care about and you, that you're interested about. And then people who are following the same things in their life are going to be, it's going to be really easy to find uh, you. And now one more thing in uh, defining your voice, as we said, decide if it's going to be personal or professional, define the hashtags, define the point of contact, who is going to be the one in your team always responding uh, and communicating with people and give them some space for questions, uh, create kind of Q&A in your stories or in your posts to make sure you see what they are asking for. So you mean you want to engage with your audience? Of course, of course. And you have to, we talked before, you want to know their interests, their habits, their mission, and you want to know their problems, their fears, and their threats. So if you're not communicating with them, you're not going to know. Okay, so to wrap this up, I want to be kind of pragmatic. I like to understand things in a very uh, pragmatic and how I can implement it. So we have been talking about all the tactics. I think it's kind of clear now. And it brings us back to a podcast that we did before, which was about creating content. So Ivor, can you go through the process of creating that content and uh, the storytelling that... Uh, we, we define the tactics for so that we can see step by step how 
in real life we can implement what we are talking about today? Yes. So uh, now we come to a communication tactic number five, which is actually creating the content after you defined everything that you need for your project. Creating content, so please go back to the podcast, also listen about how to document, how to filter content, and how to repost content. In this way, when you are documenting the process of what is going on in your business day by day, you're actually creating those micro moments and you are trying to tell a story uh, which will give them a window to your world, to your project. So it's not just about define, uh, showing what is going to be the final product, the end result of your project. It's about showing every step of the way. So we want to define those micro moments and find a connection. Now, to make this simple, I will give you an example of what you can do in uh, one of your strategies. For example, we have in Blue Lotus on Friday, we go often to the market with our students. And let's say I want to showcase market experience as a micro moment experience. Now, one day for me will equal one micro moment. In this way, on Friday on the market, what I can do, I can post one to five photos in my Instagram stories about the market. I can do one to three videos that are going to be 15 seconds long each because this is the maximum that the story allows you and show the behind the scenes the emotions of people their conversations give a little bit of audio not just the music give what they talk about what their uh, thought process is after that you can publish maybe one quote which you can do in uh, for example canva.com or some other uh, different editing and design uh, apps you can share a, an idea or a thought or you can ask a question and then in the same day i will do one post with uh, some of my pictures from the market where i will write down a post uh, like i did the journal so for example, a lot of people, when we were kids, we did uh, a lot of journals. We, did, uh, we had our own diary showing and writing about our experiences. I invite you to do the same thing today as an adult, an adult and actually write down your experience and put this in the post. One thing important here is that if I'm publishing some photos in the stories, it will be really good that not all the pictures are completely the same in your post. So have more content. In this way, you create one micro moment and you showcase it in one day. If you do this five times a week for, or seven times a week, even better, in one week you are actually showing one macro moment, one big moment, and you are actually telling a story because all those micro moments can be connected with something because it's about your project. And in case your frequency of uh, posting is uh, weekly, it doesn't mean that you cannot do the same, meaning one day will be one week and at the end of the month you will have uh, reconnect the puzzle and you will have the whole week. Now, this is really about so the storytelling and the micro content and relation with between the micro content and the macro content. Now, looking at uh, amplifying your message and distributing and following, do you have some tactics that are specific? Yes, and this I would put as uh, tactic number six. After you create the content and you share it, you have to see your metrics. You have to see your insights. How did you, what audience did you actually reach? And the most important question is, 
did you achieve the main goal of your project? So remember in the first uh, step we had defining your SMART uh, main goal. If you didn't reach that main goal, if you just acquired a lot of new likes and a lot of new followers, you did not do your strategy well. So then go back to it and then modify it, repeat the whole strategy again and see if it works the next time. If, the, if it works the next time, then you are ready to scale it by promoting it and doing a little bit more with that strategy. So the questions are, did you, you reach the right audience and did you achieve the main goal? If you didn't, modify and repeat. If you did, perfect. Scale it by promoting and sharing with more people and then you will have something that is actually a proper marketing strategy. So now for your communication tactics, you use the feedback, uh, feedback loop that we were talking about in Kaizen. It's all about the feedback. Without feedback, you cannot modify, you cannot, and you have to be open for criticism and you have to listen to the right people. So, which means that don't listen to every comment that you see, see who is talking behind that profile. And if it's your audience, then listen to them and modify and then repeat.